You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Awesome, 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 awesome. That you're awesome I'm glad I'm not a possum Cause I'm awesome And that's awesome With you Okay, I'm here with Craig Mabbitt From Escape the Fate Craig, thank you so much for coming on Thank you for having me, man How you doing? I am good uh, How are you doing today? Not too bad, man Been losing that, uh been losing at video games for about five hours this morning so that doesn't feel too good but <laughs> what are you playing uh well i logged on this morning to my twitch and uh one of my mods was busy playing fortnite so i just jumped into that with him and i am not a good fortnite player i've actually uh i'm not a gamer at all but um one of uh, a friend of mine shipped me their older xbox this year so I started getting into that stuff. I have I have not done any like online play or anything, um, but I really <laughs> I think I I really only enjoy racing games, which I think oh, I'm, okay. is like a small percentage of the gaming community. Well, yeah, I mean, I used to rock Gran Turismo all the time oh, back in the day. Yeah, that was my jam when I was like you know sixth grade. I loved that. Yeah, if they come out with a new one for this uh, PS5, I'll be stoked. Yeah, I'm really into – see, like my quarantine obsession um, has been Formula One, and okay. it just lined up perfectly with this dude sending me an Xbox because now all I do is just play that video game. I think it's honestly the only game I've played in like three months. Oh, really? Yeah, but I love it. Yeah, I liked Need for Speed. They got to come out with another one. I can't yeah. remember which one it was, but it was like my favorite racing game of all time. I'll have to check it out. I've I've missed out on like 15 years of video games, so I'm I'm playing catch up with tons of stuff. I just played a bunch of Halo games for the first time like earlier this year. That was really fun. That's what but, I'm waiting to buy the new Xbox for is when they come out with the new Halo. Okay. How well, how many Xboxes? Well, what is the newest Xbox? Uh the Series X. I have a 360. How old is that? So that's that's before the Xbox One. Oh, so it's like really old. Yeah, that one that one came before the Xbox One. So you huh. got three six. You got Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Damn. Now Xbox uh, Series X. But mine looks so good that I can't imagine that the other ones look better. Oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> all right i gotta check it out see this is like how blind i am to this stuff i know nothing about that world um i have no idea i thought that when he sent me this xbox it was like a new xbox and someone was like no dude that's really old yeah no three six three sixty is like the uh 
That's like going from a Nintendo Wii to the base Nintendo. Oh, so you got like the base Nintendo. Sick. <laughs> well, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Good. It's a slippery slope, dude. You're going to be obsessed now. Well, I'm I'm hopefully I, I I'm glad that I'm only obsessed with that game. But it already is a slippery slope because now I just want to invest in like a racing simulator. You should. I mean, one day you're gonna have a PC with like the gas pedal and the steering wheel and I, dude, I've already headset. looked at you're just gonna be yeah. driving in your bedroom. Yeah, that's like what I want. <laughs> There's like I follow that's like my entire Instagram feed now is people just doing racing sims. Just yeah, that's the, don't, don't like take building. it slow, dude. That's the next step. You got to go straight from a 360 to a PC VR gas pedal steering wheel whole <laughs> nine. All right, that's the plan. Um, okay. Anyway, um, thanks for joining us. Um, of course. Uh, man, that was a good tangent right at the beginning. <laughs> um, let's dive into musical history stuff because that's what we always do so i wanted to ask you before we even dive into you know what bands you're in now because i know you have several projects that you're working with Mm -hmm. currently um how did it start for you what were you how did you get into music were you a singer at first or did you start with other stuff no so i i first started with music my earliest memory of like wanting to play music i was in second grade And the school I went to had a string class. So I signed up and I started playing the violin. And then I was like a military kid. So I was always switching schools. I was always Mm. the new kid. I switched schools for third grade and no string class. So I'm like, well, I really enjoyed band. I want to stay in it. So then I picked up the saxophone and I stuck with that. You had band in third grade? I did. Yeah. Wow. Which is pretty awesome. didn't have that. Yeah. That's great. And I stuck with the saxophone like all the way until high school. Like I was a band nerd. I went to band camp. I was in the marching band and then I took it to the next level. I'd show up before school for marching band. Then I had concert band during school and then jazz band after school. So it was like music all day. I was a jazz band kid too. Were you? What'd you play? Piano. Ooh, fancy dude. But dude, I bought a saxophone like a year ago and I'm teaching myself. Because I've always loved saxophone. Yeah, it's- I love sax because I was really into like 50s rock music when I was uh-huh. younger. Uh-huh. And they had solos, except it wasn't a guitar solo. It was like a sax solo. I would so much rather listen to a sax solo than a guitar solo, though. Like would you? every time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, 100%. Those solos back in the day were the shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a I, I hate guitars. <laughs> so Crazy. Yeah, I would usually pick almost any instrument over a guitar um, to be like a solo instrument. Yeah, I knew I, I was into like like guitars and bass and drums because I joined jazz band and we had a bass player, we had a drummer. I'm like, that's so sick, dude. I wish I could play something like that. But yeah. then I moved schools again and they had too many sax players. So I was told I wasn't wow. allowed to play the band. So Damn. I switched to choir. And the school had a, a ba- like there was a bunch of dudes that were in a band and they used to play at the school and then they used to play shows outside of the school. They were called Six Penny. And then I started nice. getting familiar with some local Arizona bands and then finally went to my first concert as a freshman. I went and saw Lincoln Park. Um, life changing. Life changing, yeah. What a Lo- great first show. 
Loved it, dude. Got there hours and hours early, sat up right in the front row waiting for the show to start. Uh, they performed a B-side called My December, which was like my favorite yeah. track at the time. And I remember I was just singing it as loud as I possibly could. And, and Chester like looked down at me right front row and kind of pointed at me while I was singing the song. And that that was like the moment where I was like, I, I need to do this. Yeah. I need to it. get in. I need to join a band for sure. Yeah. And I remember leaving like my ears were straight up bleeding because I had never heard live music that loud mm -hmm. and up close before. My ears were not used to it. I remember right. wiping blood from the oh, side wow. of my neck that was dripping <sighs> down from my ear. Jesus. But I loved it. I was in love with it. So I was at a guitar center to get a saxophone strap. And there was all these papers up for a website called azpunk.com. Oh, yeah. And I remember people looking for band members and some band was looking for a singer and I was like, fuck it. So I went and I tried out, I sang to the used to try out for the band nice. and they were like, yeah, man, you can sing for us if you want. And we <laughs> ended up calling ourselves bless the fall and started playing a bunch of local shows and there the rest of history, man. That's wild. So that's interesting. So a band that you just kind of joined on a whim actually found success like in the first band yeah we started playing a bunch of local shows getting a local following um and then the big big local band at the time was a group called Greeley estates i oh, remember, yeah, we got I remember to that open band. Up for them yeah mm -hmm. we got to open up for them at a local show and i met their manager and I just used my mom's advice of trying to get a normal job. She's like, you go and you fill out that application and you call, you call them every day. Hey, did you take a look <laughs> at my application? So I just, I used that with the manager. So I met him, I got his number and I called that dude every day. That's <laughs> like, great. Hey man, you want to manage our band? Hey man, you want to manage our band? Was I he think just like a local manager or was this at, was Greeley Estates like on a national scale at this point? They were, they were on a national scale at that time. And he, gotcha. he lived in California and I think eventually he was just like, fuck man, this dude won't leave me alone. Sure. I'll manage your band. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, wear it him went down. there, you know, that's nuts, man. That's crazy. So you started bless the fall. Shortly after you started, or how long after did you end up doing the word alive too, right? So, yeah. So I was in the studio working on his last walk, which is the first bless the fall album. And my girlfriend mm -hmm. at the time, uh, told me she was pregnant and I was like, uh Oh, here we go. Here's a, here's a big crossroads moment of my life. Right. Why do I completely just quit? like get a normal job and, and focus on this? Or do I, do I go for it? Um, and you know, hope, hope that it works out. Like it was, it was a really big decision. Cause I'm like, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to be a, I'm going to be that loser that, <laughs> that tried right. to be in a band and I wasn't able to, you know, help raise my child and all that stuff. It was, it was a really tough decision. Yeah. And you know, we got the manager to manage us. We got a label that was interested and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. But going for it also came along with a ton of touring. So mm -hmm. it was a difficult decision at the time. I got thrown into the road and I didn't know if it was, if it was right. You know, I was, I was missing out on a lot of the first months of my child's life. And I'm like, you know, right, maybe yeah. this, 
maybe this isn't for me. So I, I needed some time to think. So the band agreed. I flew home from a UK tour we were on with Silverstein um, to just kind of, kind of get into my head and try to figure right. out if this is really what I want to do. Uh, the band decided they wanted to move forward without me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, all right, shit, I guess I can't make the decision to go back. They decided right. to continue without me. They made that decision for you. Yeah. I was like, okay, they made the decision for me. And then I got a random phone call from this guy named Joey. He played guitar for a band called a Skylit drive that I had done a tour with mm-hmm. for that UK tour. And so this other, this new opportunity presented itself to me and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try again. And so Joey started sending me some demos and stuff for new Skylit drive. And I had my little Nokia phone that, that I used to play snake on. Dude. And I scrolled down to the name Joey to give him a call and just ask him about some of the demos. And I called the wrong Joey. So huh. I had called... I called Joey, who is managing Escape the Fate at the time. A Skylit okay. Drive was just on tour with me and Escape the Fate. And so Joey, the manager, answers the phone and goes, what's up? I'm like, hey, you're going to send me those tracks. What <laughs> track are you talking about? Who is this? And I'm like, Craig, bless the fall, Craig. He's like, bless the fall, Craig. I think you called the wrong Joey. So I explained to him what was going on, why I was trying to call. And he goes, dude, we need somebody to sing. We have some shows coming up. We don't have anybody to sing the shows. We don't want to cancel them. Are you willing to fly out to Vegas and and fill in for these shows? I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, there you go. So Damn, b- dude. The following week, I was on a plane to Vegas. The guys were like, yeah, you're going to work. We have these few shows coming up. I played the first show and Escape the Fate got called to an interview. And I remember the guy asked Robert, so is Craig going to be your new singer? from here on out and robert goes yeah if he wants to be almost the same thing the bless the fall dudes told me like two years prior to that i'm like okay what then i remember dude there was like a month a month of time where i told the guys because i had i had already been experiencing it with bless the fall they had gotten Bo, and they were going through like some of the some of the hate online with with Bo not being the original guy or whatever so Mm -hmm. i talked to the etf guys i'm like yo maybe you should give you know, give this guy another shot. It's really tough to replace a singer. So there was like a couple months there where they were kind of thinking about it and deciding where they wanted to go. And during that few months, I decided to try to start a new band locally with some dudes I knew and ended up calling that band the word alive. Long story short, ETF ends up needing me to come back. That, That month they asked me to come back. John Feldman finds out that this concert he went to <laughs> where he saw a Skylit drive escape the fate and bless the fall. He gets word, yo, that band you really liked escape the fate. That singer you really liked from that concert, which was me. Cause I like climbed up to the rafters and jumped off or whatever. Feldy uh-huh. thought that was punk as fuck. Yeah. So he caught word. He's like, yo, that singer you really, really liked just join that band that you really, really liked. And Feldy's like, well, they need to come in and do the next record with me then. Wow, that's so, great. What year was that? That was 2007. Damn, that's nuts. So before I know it, I'm in a van driving to Feldy's to start working on This War is Ours. Then the Word Alive dudes were kind of bummed out because now I was full full force with ETF in the studio. So they ended up getting a new singer who they've had since then, Telly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I went into this war as ours, released it, and I've literally been on the road 11 months out of the year doing new records with ETF all the way up until COVID decided to tell us nobody can tour. Right. Yeah. Damn, dude. That's a, that's like a pretty crazy story for like a 15, what was that? A 10 minute story. Yeah. Three different I, tried, I tried to conserve it as much as possible, but that's, I'm, that's the gist of it. It's pretty wild. Like all these weird little, just, I guess, happenstance interactions. That pretty just, much. Yeah. That's so crazy, dude. I love that. Wild. Nuts. So you've been now with Escape the Fate for, I guess it's been almost, what, 13 years? Is that right? Yeah, 13, 14 years. It's a lot. And then you started earlier on in that you're, I mean, I don't know if you call it a side project or not, but the Dead Rabbits, right? Yeah, so it was around 2010. And, you know, I just started missing the like post hardcore style music that I was doing with bless the fall and the word alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, why don't I just do that? And a buddy at the time I had been touring with Caleb Shomo, who was mm-hmm. an attack attack. Uh, they had opened for ETF back in the day. He was like going through a transition and was producing bands and built a studio in the basement of his house. And he's like, well, why don't you come out and do some music with me? I'm like, all right. So I flew out there and started working on what would become the first EP for Dead Rabbits, which was called Edge of Reality. And I remember talking to him and he's like, well, this is this is your project, dude. Just call it Craig Mabbitt. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, it's post hardcore music. I couldn't imagine opening up for a dope band one day, stepping out on stage and the backdrop just says my name like that's weird. I'm the same way. I'm the same exact way with that. Yeah, I tried thinking of a different name to name the band, and this is actually why Dead Rabbits is spelt wrong. You know, Rabbit is spelled mm-hmm. two B's, one T. I figured that, I spelled yeah. it two B's, two T's, because everybody always spells my last name wrong. Two B's, one T, like they're trying to spell Rabbit, but Mabbit. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny play on the word. Yeah. I think my I heard band um, I think I heard some of those songs in in like demo states like oh really in, yeah like i i had visited kevin thrasher in la and like we 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 played in a band together me and kevin no way uh, yeah you know how small the music world is dude i know dude i know we we played in this pop band called astro safari usa for like a very very short amount of time together wow um and yeah we were we were always uh Man, I think he was already living out here when we were doing that. Yeah, yeah. We stayed at his place in North Hollywood, and I think he was showing me stuff. That Dude, that's another funny just little – to go back to, this, to the long sort of short history story of how I got into it. Thrasher was on that tour with a Skylet Drive, oh, Escape really? the Street, and Bless the Fall. So he that was, was just like the beginning of – yeah, the beginning of modern Escape the Fate was just yeah. On the Love tour. Hate Hero was on that tour, and dude, I remember having a conversation with with Thrasher in the green room backstage one day, because Omar, one of the original ETF guitar players, had left mid tour, and Ronnie asked Thrasher if he wanted to join ETF, and that that day Kevin decided to just yeah, like that same tour, Kevin decided to just keep moving forward with Love Hate Hero. 
But then fast forward a couple years later, he ends up joining ETF anyway after I joined ETF. So it's just so, crazy. It's so weird, man. I think that we played Love Hate Heroes. My old band played Love Hate Heroes last tour. Crazy. I'm pretty sure. I'm, it was just a happenstance last tour, but I'm pretty sure that was their last one. And that's how we met and then ended up playing together. Yeah. Wild, man. See, everyone knows each other, right? Yeah, in some way. It's actually surprising that we haven't honestly run into each other before because I used to work at a venue and I think the few times that you came through, I was not there doing sound. And then I wonder if we were, my band played a few days of the 09 Warped, which I think, I don't even remember. I, I have no idea. It's just, there's been a lot of like really close passes over the last 15 years, but we've never actually crossed paths. We will though now, because now I'm much more involved in that world. So yeah, once, once things get back to normal, our paths Hopefully. will cross. When do you think? I don't know. I'm being told another year. That's what I think. And then even, even when tours start back up, I mean, it's going to be I heard venues are only going to be able to sell 30% capacity. Right. I'm and even then, there's like, going to be all those new rules in line. And then that's that's probably only going to be nationally. Like I can't even fathom when they're going to let us travel overseas to do tours again. I so. wonder about that. Yeah. Because I've seen like I was following my buddies in uh, Hands Like Houses. They're doing like acoustic shows, indoor, seated you know, like formal shows right now. Yeah. I like went to go tour. eat food like last week at this restaurant that was open down the street. Mm -hmm. I walk in and there's this like country acoustic guy just rocking the fuck out on this little mini stage in the corner. <laughs> and the place was like packed up near the stage. I'm like, there's shows going on. I'm like maybe I should, I'm going to get the contact to this place. Try to play. I an know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it just sketches me out though. You know? I just like yeah. don't want to be the reason for people to get sick or whatever. But I mean, I know I would feel so stupid if it was like, oh, well, you know, even little things like eating. Oh, but how are you ever? I'll just wear my mask and use hand sanitizer. I'll be fine. But I just don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, I caught COVID. Well, right. were you at home? No, I went out. Right. Right. You know exactly. Yeah, it's like no shit you caught COVID. But I don't know, man. It's just like I don't know when that line or where that line is where I'll finally feel, oh, I think we're going to go back soon. You know, it's like just, I'm not you sure just gotta, when You just got to take care of yourself, man. I think that's the most important thing because I had to travel for work. I had to fly to Vegas and my, my mom and my sisters were so mad at me. Like what are you yeah. doing traveling during all this? I had to fly twice for work too as well. And uh, I told them, I'm like, to be 100% honest with you guys, I felt a lot safer checking in for this flight and walking through the airport than I did going to the grocery store. I said the same exact thing. Dude, there were so many people spraying things and wiping yeah. things down and making sure everything was clean. You go to the grocery store, it's like pandemonium. Right. And not only I, – I only will fly Delta now because they're still – they're the only airline that's still blocking out the middle seat. And even then, like I don't know if that's me be, like thinking about it too much or whatever, but you know anything I can do to mitigate the risks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you got to do what you got to – I did have to fly and uh, I'm good so far. No scares yet, but I, some part of me feels like it's only a matter of time.
know. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. Let's let's jump into um, recent history. I want to start first with you, you released a solo thing recently, right? Was it this year or, or, or last year? Yeah. So I've been really wanting to get more. Into, I just like making music, man. So I like doing the heavy stuff with mm -hmm. ETF. I'm able to to play around with like more poppy sounding music. And right. I've always been interested in going an acoustic like solo route. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I like don't play guitar. Songwritery. Yeah. So I I I got a buddy of mine. His name's uh, Vinny Vincent Holden. Um, and we've been hanging out a lot more online because he mods for my Twitch channel. Okay. But uh, we worked on a little solo track together, and now just through the Twitch stream, we do like, hey, I'll cover this song as a giveaway. We've covered like three tracks now. That's sick. That's great. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to do some more solo stuff. But right now we're just having fun doing cover songs. Like we did a cover song for uh, Eye to Eye from the Goofy movie. <laughs> That's great. And the newest one we're dropping this month for Valentine's Day is Let It Go by James Bay. I and, love uh, that song. Dude, that such a good amazing. song. And I was able to link up with uh, Ronnie from Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Oh, nice. So he sang on that track with me. So we'll be That's dropping super that cool. this month. Yeah. That's great. Talk to me about your Twitch a little bit. Like, you know, this is something that I know nothing about, but I'm curious. How is that? This has been like your thing, this. The it is. It's right? my new thing. I'm on Twitch right now. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Mon Monday, <laughs> I, uh, Monday, I did a 24-hour stream. It was like my third one I did. Oh, my God. Where I wake up, I go live, and I'm here for 24 hours straight. Just like doing normal day stuff? Yeah, like just chatting, I thought doing, it was like doing a and a playing video games. Yeah, I thought it was it. Did, did it start as just video games? So, dude, they had, every, they had everything now. on Twitch. <laughs> Me and the chat were laughing because they're like, if you need to sleep, just go ahead because people do sleep streams. I'm like, you're, you're fucking with me. No, they don't. Wow. So I go to like the search bar on Twitch and I search sleep stream. And there was people live, sleeping, <laughs> like a webcam facing their bed, and they're in bed sleeping. And there's people in their chat box chatting it up while they're just asleep. That's insane. But you can go on there. There's like people doing workout videos and they're streaming live. There's people, you know, chefs that are cooking meals and going through it. And they got a webcam on them. And there's a webcam facing the food that they're preparing. And it's like there's. There's people doing everything, but yeah, the mo the most popular one is like people streaming video games. We've tried to do some twitching, and it's been a struggle just because the <laughs> I I just don't get it. Like I know it's not that Dude, difficult. You can do you I can just... do all these interviews. You just set up a webcam and you can go live and you're right. You know, I could interview live on Twitch. I should. We should be doing that, Josh. Huh? At some point, we yeah. should probably get that up and running. Yeah, yeah, like TJ, TJ just did a guest spot um, with some other homies and they just they went live on Twitch and just listened to a bunch of unsigned bands and then chatted about the songs that they were listening to. Yeah, I just have to learn how to like route it all audio and stuff, which shouldn't be easy because that's my job. Like I work in audio engineering, but dude, it yeah. should be real easy for you if you work in audio <laughs> engineering because I know nothing about audio at all. And I've had a bunch of boomer moments 
<laughs> I feel like I like my big boomer moment with this is just that I I just have never really I I should probably just go on Twitch and just watch for a while first because I really don't know what I what I don't really get it yet. Do you know what I mean? I feel you. I feel I'm you. I'm just not yeah, very good I'm, at any. I'm live right now, and I'm like, oh, I got I got an interview to do today, but here I'll just go to my just chatting scene. And I'll do the interview with you guys. All right, here we go. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's jump into your um, your slowly releasing singles one by one for your new album. Yes. Let's talk about that. I listened to um, – I've actually listened to them a few times since you've dropped them. Um, two features and then one the, – the last song is like a feature for a movie. Is that right? Yeah, so the first track that came out from the album, which – I've been forgetting that this song's even on the album because because we chopped it so long ago. But Walk On mm-hmm. uh, came out and the label used it for their movie called Snow Babies. Um, and the the lyrics to that and the sound of the song and it just it worked out really, really well. Uh, people seem to enjoy it. And then we dropped Invincible featuring Lindsey Sterling. And that's part of the Retaliators soundtrack. So Retaliators is the next movie coming out uh, from the label. Yeah, and I had an opportunity to act in that a few times actually. Now I think that we're Spencer's in it too. Yes, yeah, Spencer from Ice Nine is in it. Jacoby is in it. Five Finger right. Death Punch is in it. Uh, there's a lot. What, what of, is it? So it's like this story of revenge. Um, I I haven't had the chance to see the film yet because it's not finished. Right. But uh, this guy's saw, like, daughter dies and this guy has like people locked up in a basement and they're they're sort of like zombie people, but not really. And it just I don't <laughs> know. It gets pretty dark and pretty nuts. And OK, there's this dude, Joe Gat, that acts in it. And he's just fucking the scenes I've seen him in. He's just Joe terrifying. Gat. Yeah. Joe, Joe, he was in a, he was in a couple episodes of Game of Thrones, actually. Yeah, I could see how this dude could be scary. But he's just a towering, muscular, yeah, just really yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, dude. I met him, oh, nice cool. dude ever, but it's like, you know, you're, you're shaking his hand and it's like, please don't break me. What was that like? Is this the first time you've acted? Yeah, so it was the first time I ever like acted, acted. So when I first got the offer, I was telling my manager, I'm like, we need to get on the phone with the director. He's like, why? I'm like, I just need to talk to him. And we get on the phone. I'm like, you do realize I've never acted before, right? Like I've only done music yeah. videos. Please tell me what to do. Like I didn't want to show up and and not know what I was doing at all. Right, right. Like, everybody was really fun to work with. And I mean, the first time I went out there to film was kind of I was I was really nervous because I was filming with Ewan McGregor's daughter oh in a scene. So I meet the directors, we we film the scene, everything's cool. COVID happens. They need to reshoot the scene. Neither of us were able to make it. So they just reshot that scene. I'm like, okay, that's fine. It was a fun experience. And then they want me to come back and play another character. I'm like, okay. So I go out, I shoot the scene, new director. That guy ends up directing the Invincible video. So we get to, you know, meet each other and feel comfortable with each other filming the video. So I felt a lot more comfortable filming the parts for that role. And then they needed to reshoot that. And they reshot it. And wow. I was like, okay, well, that was another fun experience. And then just last week, they're like, we need you to come back. There's a new part we want you to do. Oh my God. 
So come come back. You're going to be with the five finger death punch guys. I'm like, okay. So then I went back out there and reshot again. And uh, Michael Lombardi, the main actor from the movie, he was he was handling the director duties. And I had met him the first time, the second time. And so I felt comfortable. Everybody on the crew was like the same same crew people. So they're like, what's up, dude? Third part in the movie, huh? I'm like, yeah. That's so good. So That's we great. had a good time. And uh, my Oscar winning line, it's just one line. I just say, what the fuck? <laughs> That's my line in the movie now. Oh, I can't wait to watch it and just be like, I'm going to be waiting for that the whole time now. Yeah, you'll you'll see it. I'm eating like a billion Cheetos and then Five Finger Death Punch busts in and I go, what the fuck? And they knock me out. And that's uh, that's my role. So is this just a movie with just a shitload of cameos in it? Um, I don't think it's one of those things where the cameos cool. are there just to be cameos. Like, no, no, I don't mean I've that. Seen, not, not in cameos. It really mean, well. Yeah, it's like, but it features a lot of people. And it the, does feature a ton of people. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to see it. The, from what I saw, because Spencer showed me a bunch of like clips just from iPhone videos, it looks pretty intense. Yeah. So what I was told is you see Spencer right after you see me, which is kind of cool. I was gonna say it sounded like the same exact scene. Like yeah, five finger bust in. They knock me out. They go into this place, and the place they're going into is where they uh they meet up with Spencer. Got it. <laughs> so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, it sounds fun. Um, let's jump back to the album, though. So you have three songs out now. How'd you link up with uh, Lindsey Sterling? So Robert was a big fan of Lindsey and really wanted her to be on a song when we were working on I Am Human. And her people got back to us and said, she loves the band. She's really interested. Let's try to make this work. And everybody was on tour. So we just couldn't, mm. we couldn't find the right time pocket to like make it happen. Uh, so we decided to try again when we were in the studio with Feldy and she was available and then COVID happened and she was really available. So that's, sick. that's she came sick. in and listened to a few tracks and, you know, we thought it would sound great on Invincible and she like listened to it once, went in the studio and just killed it and owned it. Yeah. Killed yeah it. it sounds great. How great is it working at that studio? So comfortable. He's got that, the, that can that fragrance that's like the best smell I've oh ever i know smelled. dude i know do you know <laughs> what i'm talking about yeah my fiance had to get him that for christmas that candle oh really yeah it's on the tip of my tongue what candle it is but i can't it's I can't like a, it. an l name or something i feel like i don't remember but it's the best smell ever it's i i tell him every time then he makes us play ping pong with him and he kicks yeah. our ass yeah it's pretty fun um, all right. Yeah, cool. And then you had Travis on a song. I imagine that was through Feldman as well. He's always there, right? Through Feldman. Yeah. Just working on some blink stuff and working together with Travis and Hey, yeah. I got this, I got this band in escape the fate. Uh, if you want to listen to a few tracks and Travis, Travis, likes some of the songs. And I say this every time of why we ended up wanting him on the, on the record. And it's like, if Travis says he's down to play drums on your shit, <laughs> You uh, you let Travis play yeah. drums. Shit. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I was that's talking not to something you're like, uh, yeah, that's I cool mean, that he's into it, but nah, we're gonna pass. Like, right. no, no, pass on. Turn down Travis Parker, one um, of the best drummers alive right now. Right, like, you, you don't say no. 
Yeah, and every I feel like most, if not all, drummers would be pretty stoked to even have that happen anyway, too. You know, yeah. like I know our drummer would love that, just to have you know him sit out and have him play on it. But yeah, that's sick. Um, when is the release date? Uh, so April sixteenth is the release date of the album now. Sick. Mm-hmm. I saw that video too. The video is pretty sick too. For, um, and not my problem that you said that was the same director as the, um, movie. no. So the same director as the retaliators, um, who I, I don't know if he's the director anymore, but that was for the invincible video. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I was talking the not my problem video. I loved that video. It was great. I haven't watched the other one yet. I'll have to watch that. I didn't realize it was there. I'm seeing it now. I'll check yeah, it out. There's, right. a, there's a couple scenes from, uh, from the film at the beginning of the video too. And then oh, at the very nice. end, but the scenes cool. from the movie that are, that are in the video and the character that I am in the video, that that's doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> now I'm a new character. Oh, so this is like a teaser. That's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, it's, so it's not a teaser, but I'll watch it just to get the vibe then. Yeah. It's, it. it's a teaser. It's just the few little parts of my character that are in there. That's not my character anymore. Got it. All right. So let's go on to this, this last song, this walk on song I know was for the snow babies movie. Um, that movie is donating a lot of profits to recovery organizations, right? Yes. And I know that's something close to home for you. Um, and you're, you're sober, right? I am. Yes, I am now. And, and how long has that been? That has been, I'll tell you the exact number of days today is my 303rd day dude congrats that's great thank you very much um and what has that experience been like and is that like part of you know i I understand from what your publicist told us is something you're pretty passionate about and you want to support recovery for everyone right very passionate about i mean it's something i never thought i was going to be able to escape um you know, it started, it started really, really early. I, I was just telling you that story of how I got started in a band and that, that big crossroads in my life that I was faced with. And mm-hmm. I decided to get out on the road and it's very easy to fall into that sort of lifestyle, especially when you're, you know, just easily manipulated and lonely and not knowing where you want to be or what you want to do. It's, right. it's very easy to just self-medicate. And, and how old were you when you started touring? I was 16. Yeah. 16, I think my first tour was 17. 17. So I, and being young too, it's really easy to get wrapped up in that stuff. Oh, for sure. And I st- my very first tour ever was through Canada. So I remember finishing the show and, you know, just arguing with what was going on back at home. And somebody comes up to me, asks for an autograph and goes, Hey, can I buy you a beer? And I remember, I remember telling them, Oh, I'm not old enough. And they're like, you are here. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, apparently I was old enough to drink wherever I was at the time, but I wasn't old enough to drink in the States. Wow. Nuts. So I was like, yeah. And then it just, you know, it gets so easy, man. Yeah, I I mean, green room and there's people out there offering you drinks. And then I, I just turned into a trash can and I would do whatever was around and like 20, 24 hours of the day. I didn't even know what planet I was on. It was just like, I always compare it to that movie click. Mm -hmm. with adam sandler you know it was like 
I loved being in a band and I loved playing music and I loved meeting people and sharing my music with people, but I was, I, I missed my kids and I was lonely right. as fuck and it was tough. And I just, you know, instead of the little remote control, it was the bottle for me. I would just mm-hmm. time travel, you know? Right. Do you have feel a couple like that with- feel good before the show, have drinks during the show, have a good time at the show. And then as soon as the show's over, just black out, repeat right. it the next nine months before i get to get home again you know very selfish way to live but that's how it was up until 303 days ago did you feel like that's like you were functioning with it for a while it was it was like for a while it's like a party you know Mm -hmm. oh we're it's a good time but eventually it you're partying alone Mm. and then pretty soon you're not able to function properly you know, pretty soon it was like finishing half a bottle just to feel sort of normal so mm-hmm. that I could like straight up just stand up and not feel like I was going to pass out Yeah, Damn, or man. not feel like I was going to drop something out of my hand and you're just waking up and like, it doesn't feel good to wake up and feel like you're dying and not know where you're waking up or how you're waking up, what happened the night before. Yeah. Like when when you already suffer from mental stuff, like anxiety and depression and shit, you add all that onto it, it makes it a million times worse. Yeah. (laughs) I've, you know, thankfully, luckily for me, it's not something that I've ever struggled with, but I've seen, you know, many of my friends and people that I'm close to struggle with this stuff. And it is like, this is a vicious industry to be part of with something like that because it almost feels like, there's this part of the music scene and part of the industry that is fueled by it, right? Like showing up to the party <laughs> and making sure people see you there and having the conversation and letting people buy you drinks and all that stuff, right? That you almost get, I mean, I know people know this because it's almost like at the same time uh, as people are being warned about it, it's like glorified in a lot of ways too, Oh, and that's what what I dealt with personally because it was definitely glorified. And when I when I left Bless the Fall and joined ETF, it was like, I think if you took a look at the very first This War Is Ours album that I did with the band, it says it right there, like Las Vegas Bad Boys, Next Motley Crew, and these were all the things I was being told, and I I had these shoes to fill, so it was like I just took it to the next level. And then around 2010, we signed Interscope, and I remember getting getting phone calls from 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 people at the label that worked in the rock department like yeah you know let's let's do it any press is good press fucking party in the hotel room throw the TVs out the window it was like wow it was like glorified behavior and it was yeah. it was something i was already struggling with and it was like i was trying to create this persona of this person i didn't want to be mm-hmm. and then at the same time try to drown that away and it was just it was just all bad man it yeah. was just all bad Dude, well, I'm super happy for you and congratulations. Sounds Thank like you very much. things uh, are looking up for you. So pumped for you. Thank you. Um, let's go into, I think we've got, did I miss anything that you want to cover as far as a new album, stuff like that? Um, No, no. We got we got some new tracks coming out yep. in a month's time. And we're going to feature track some of the Before the album comes out and then, then the album would be out. Sweet. And and we're featuring the ones that you've already dropped on the episode too. So we'll, we'll have Sweet. some audio there. Um, let's dive into uh, tour story stuff. Any memorable things that have happened, they can be funny, whatever. 
um, involving whoever as long as they don't care or they wouldn't care. I guess you can't ask them now. Um, oh, man. When you got when you got Robert Ortiz in your band, there's plenty of <laughs> Okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> um, let me think of a let me think of a funny one. I mean, man, we we used to say all the time back in the day when when we were doing interviews, it's like I don't even know if we're going to be in this band tomorrow because there was just always something something crazy going on. <laughs> but uh, hmm, do I want to go gross with it? Well, I can tell you. That gross has been uh, – I, I want to say it's been a, a, a theme. It's been a theme? It seems like most people have been going with the gross stories lately. All right. I'll tell you one of my worst moments on tour <laughs> ever. And there's okay. been a lot of them obviously because of my struggles. But this one was just next level low point of my life on tour. Okay. So I wake up one day in Germany on the tour bus and i got i got bubble guts this is going to be a poop story so p- prepare okay. yourselves it's going to be That's, gross. that is exactly what they've all been so i'm all into <laughs> I that i wake up with bubble guts now you can't you can't number two on the tour bus mm-hmm. and it's like 5 30 in the morning and there's like two or three bands that were that were sharing this bus so i wake up and i'm like trying to be silent i'm like walking around the bus. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm starting to feel sweaty. I'm like hungover and stuff. I'm like, how am I going to take care of this? So I, I see the trash can at the at downstairs on the tour bus. And I'm like, I'm going to just going to have to go on the trash can and I'm going to have to figure out how to throw this wait, out. Wait, wait. Were you, were you driving at the time or are you parked? No, we were, we were parked like in this weird area behind a gate no idea where we were like i opened the door to just look out to see where we were there was no stores no grocery stores no like gym that we usually try to park close to because uh robert likes to get his workouts in there was nothing there was just like brick walls with graffiti and a locked gate Mm -hmm. and like fallen leaves around us Mm -hmm. so i'm like there's nowhere for me to go so i grabbed the trash can and the bathroom in the bus is so fucking tiny i spend like five minutes trying to pull this big ass trash can into the bathroom with me and it wasn't working and i start feeling like this is gonna like i was struggling so hard to hold it in i'm like this isn't gonna work so i'm like i can't fit in the trash can so i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna have to go right in the middle of the downstairs hangout area of the bus and hope that nobody wakes up so i pull the trash can out and as soon as i'm about to drop my drawers the bus driver opens up the door that goes to the driving area. He's like, oh, morning. And I'm like, oh, my God, good morning. And he comes over by the kitchen area and starts making a fucking tea. So oh I'm, like, God, dude. I'm like, shit, like literally shit. So I open the door and I go out and I'm like, I'm just going to have to go out outside somewhere. So there's like this little wooden thing set up with a canopy. I don't know if it was like come to find out we we're parked like behind the venue. So I think this like little wooden canopy thing is where where the merch was supposed to be set. I know exactly what venue you're talking about now. I'm like I'm going to go I'm going to go behind this canopy. I'm going to do it. So I'm like I get over there same fucking thing. I go to drop my drawers. These two German dudes walk around the corner like talking really loud i'm like oh my god i can't do it here either so now i just start pacing back and forth i go back on the bus and i'm kind of just standing there like doing a little dance and the driver finally decides to go up front to drink his tea that he made and as soon as he shuts the door i'm like 
this it's the moment of no return like it's i've held it in for far too long at this point you interrupted me those random germans interrupted me it it's it's coming so then i grab the trash can and i go and i think my body was like this is it a little too soon and before i could get him down it's just and i'm like no so i'm standing there like holding the trash can underneath me like no just so just feeling so defeated yeah so then i bust out i bust out my cell phone and i pull up my maps and there's like a hotel no and i end up i end up walking like a 15 minute walk just oh my god dude, that's so sick. to this hotel and i'm like I'm, I'm defeated i get myself a hotel room i just threw my clothes away yeah like, you and i, I sat in the shower for like three hours straight oh. like i didn't talk to anybody that day <laughs> like nobody saw me i didn't answer my texts i didn't answer my phone I knew what time we were supposed to be on stage. And I finally got back to the venue like 15 minutes before we went on. Everybody's like, dude, where have you been? I'm like, I shit my pants this morning. guys. <laughs> I'm like, I've been at a hotel. I didn't want to show my face to anyone all day today. Oh, man. I'm like, so I was like 24 at the time. I'm 33 now. So this was kind of a long time ago. But that's a good I was one. Like, dude, I'm a I'm an adult. I just shit my pants. Dude, okay, so look, I I shit my pants for the first time in my adult life this past year on tour too. And oh my I was God. I was sick. Um luckily, I had to fly out for a radio performance, so the band had gotten me a hotel room the night of the show cuz we were flying out that day, the next day when the tour had an off day. Right. So I was in the mm-hmm. hotel room. I went out for breakfast the next morning just to go get like a smoothie or something. And I made it back. Didn't feel like I even had to shit. And I just took a step. And I don't even know if I was like trying to fart or not, but I I just shit myself in the like as I was walking into the hotel lobby. And so oh, and it was not a good shit. It was a uh, very At least wet. you were already in the lobby of the hotel, though. Right, you know? right. I, and this is nowhere near as bad as yours. But the only bad <laughs> part for me was that I then— I mean, it's all bad. We shit ourselves. That's, yes, yes, sure. It doesn't sure. get any worse than that, right. man. But the worst was I, I get to the elevator. I'm like, perfect. No one's here. Elevator doors closing. And just the last second, someone reaches their hand in and opens the elevator oh. and it closes. I'm on like the 20 something floor. So it's a long ride up and it stinks like so fucking bad, dude. It smells so horrible, like just hot, steamy, like just been sitting in the sun poop. That's what it smells like. <laughs> it's just do you ever, awful. do you ever wonder when you get into like situations like that with a complete stranger, do you ever question? Like, I wonder what they're thinking right now. I can't think. I can't like imagine. I imagine you think that dude got out of the elevator, met up with a friend later that day, and was like, So I caught the elevator today at the hotel, and I swear this guy must have shit himself. Dude, I, I actually think that that was a story that he was telling for that week. Like, for sure. the smell was really awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like that kind of smell where you smell it and it feels like the the temperature of the room just raised it's a smelly smell the type yeah. of smell smells smelly. right right so i think that was the highlight uh in a negative way of his of his week probably it was pretty rough 
Just a couple um, grown guys talking about shitting ourselves. Yeah, dude, that's kind of like, I I think if we add it up on the podcast, the amount of time that's spent on like shit and piss on this, we could do another whole season and it'd be fine. You know, it's funny. I I went straight for that random tour story because I listen to a lot of comedy when I'm driving. I do and too. for some reason, the whole past week, all these comedians have just been talking about shitting themselves. And then you asked me that question and I immediately went to, Oh, that time I shit myself. It will never not be funny. It won't. It won't. Have you ever, like, have you ever snarted? No. What's that? Snarted? Sneeze and fart at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I've done that. That's, that's just a great treat. That's, that is a great treat. <laughs> I just, I really enjoy when that happens. It's so funny. Um, all right, dude, that was fun. Um, thank you again for coming on. Um, of course, before we completely we're ending up, it with is a snart. <laughs> oh yes. We always, we're going to end with the snart. Yeah. Um, before we totally wrap, do you want to just let people know where they can find you on socials and on Twitch and all that stuff? Absolutely. So you can find escape the fate on any social media platform, any website, just type in escape the fate. Uh, dead rabbits two b's two t's and you can see me pretty much daily twice a day at twitch.tv slash craig mabbit c-r-a-i-g-m-a-b-b-i-t-t i'm gonna have to tune in and watch just to see how the pros do it do it up dude i'm live right now <laughs> all right dude well again thank you uh hopefully we see each other in the future when things are cool and play some shows and stuff but until then, stay safe, all that stuff. Hey, you too, man. All right, dude. Dylan, Marley, you've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.